Hi, and welcome back to the Black and White Podcast. I'm Denise Pass with my co-host, Angela Donadio, and this month we are focusing on our calling as wives. As co-heirs in the gift of life, wives play an important role in reaching the world with the gospel, and one of the most important things we will ever do is be a godly wife. The scripture for this episode is taken from Proverbs 31, verses 10 through 12. An excellent wife who can find. She is far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not harm all the days of her life. You know, Angela, over the years, people have joked about the possibility of living out the life of an excellent wife as described in Proverbs 31. But the truth about this passage is that it is not just one woman. It is an acrostic poem of many women, and it is not intended to be a checklist of all the things you have to do to be a good wife. Man, that's a relief, right, Denise? (laughs) (laughs) Although she's great. She's a great inspiration. I think what really stands out to me is her challenge in this passage to just be who God has called you to be. And when we focus on being what God has called us to be and seeking Him and seeking His purposes in our life, then what flows out of that is being the wife that we're supposed to be and the mom we're supposed to be if you're if you're a mom and you know coworker and all the other things that God calls us to do. So, it's a wonderful passage. I'm t- I'm excited to talk about this today. Me too cuz I think even in my first marriage, I felt this pressure to be the perfect wife. Mm. And it was almost like the Proverbs 31 was used to hammer me. Mm. And now where God has me, you know, God has restored my life. It is such a beautiful privilege, you Mm. know, to live out being a wife for my husband and for the glory of God. And it doesn't feel like this um, place of judgment. Sure. You know, when I think about what matters most as a wife, it is that she loves God and that he is Lord of her life. We cannot be a godly wife without being in love with Jesus first. One way this is lived out in my life is by being in God's Word every day. I know I cannot be the kind of wife my husband needs without first encountering God. His Word gives me the strength to be who I am supposed to be as a wife. And interestingly enough, this passage in Proverbs 31 starts with the expression, a woman of Kail, which has been translated as a woman of strength. So often we can think of a godly wife as being silent and in the background, but this sister is strong, which would be the second thing I notice about her, not in her own strength, but Christ is her strength. That's so true, Denise, and I just feel like, you know, we're strongest when we are grounded in the Word of God Mm -hmm. and that we know who we are in Christ and we're not, um, you know, we're not jockeying for position with our husbands, but we are solid in who we are. And I, I feel that I'm a strong woman, but I don't, I don't seek to try to, um, you know, compete with my husband right. or beat him in some way of like, <laughs> I'm stronger than you, or, or I'm going to have my own way in things. And we're going to talk about that in just a minute. But I think it's so important that women know that, that God has called them to be, you know, uniquely them, and they'll be the best version of themselves in a marriage when they stand strong for who God has called them to be. And I think more women that do that will have stronger marriages. You know, a marriage is not a broken half and a broken half coming together and making a whole. It's two holes coming together. And it's important that we're both strong in our own right and grounded in the Word of God. And then we come together and we're even stronger together. Mm. I was feeling a little guilt when you said she doesn't try to beat her husband. (laughs) I made sure I clarified that right away. (laughs) 
in position, not in physical, but that would be bad too. Don't do that either. But I'm actually talking about Scrabble, you know? <laughs> oh no, I'm highly competitive. My husband and I can't play games. That's, that's a no-go for us. I'm like, okay, I do not let him win. I'm sorry. I can't do it. So Angela, how do you live out this quality of strength as a wife? Well, I think, you know, I've served alongside of my husband in marriage. Um, we just celebrated our 26th wedding anniversary yesterday. Yay. Yeah. And we have worked together our whole marriage. And I know that's not for everybody. It doesn't work for everyone. Um, and, you know, we've, it's been a constant learning curve of, of making sure we honor one another in the workplace. You know, of course, that's the good and bad as you bring that home. Ministry infiltrates everything. It's not just a nine-to-five job. So, um, But at the other hand of that is we're able to, to partner with one another and support each other. And I'm, I'm more integrated into what I know he's dealing with in the church and vice versa. So that's just been a great fit for us. And so he's... He's always been so highly supportive of what God has called me to do. Um, I leave in just a few days for Africa and, you know, traveling by myself to work with the church there, um, you know, as an author, a speaker. He's he is probably my strongest cheerleader and advocate for me. And that gives me the confidence to just do what God has called me to do. Now, it wasn't always that way. We had to work through some things because... If a husband and wife aren't careful, they can feel threatened mm-hmm. by maybe someone else's, um, not success, that's the wrong word, but someone else's endeavors that might not be something they're doing together. And uh, we just continue to talk about that and keep communicating and make sure communication framed either one of our choices and decisions. As long as you have open and good, solid communication, then you'll be strong individually and together. Yes, you know, as two have become one, it's really both encouraging one another to do exactly what God has called them to do. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we play support roles to one another. Sometimes we play lead roles and both working. My husband does the same thing for me. And when I step out to ministers of speaking or leading worship, he's right there with me. Mm-hmm. And it's such an encouragement to me, you right. know. And to him as well when he does things. I think our spiritual strength is not something we always see. But when hard times roll in, we see how we really roll and where our strength comes from. When my husband lost his job three times in the first five years of our marriage due to government contract losses, God's grace was there so powerfully. And the strength my husband needed to see was a wife who looked to God and trusted. Men are often thought of as the main provider, but truly it is God who provides. Still, men can feel discouraged when they are not able to provide, but it was such an incredible season of trust and joy as my husband and I looked to God together. Mm. Thank you for sharing that, Denise. I know when we go through those tough seasons, you know what I mean? Those are the times we can implode Mm -hmm. as a couple in a relationship, or we can really intentionally push closer to Jesus. And, you know, every marriage is going to have rocky seasons and ups and downs. And so we have to, we just have to decide we're in this thing together, good or bad, better or worse. You know what I mean? Which is why that thing is in the, in our, (laughs) in our marriage vows, because there's going to be some worse moments too. You know, another attribute of being a godly wife is that she does her husband good and not harm. And as women are noted for being sometimes more emotional than men, we can really build up our husbands or we can tear him down and do him harm by our words and our actions if we're not careful. Yes, this is so true. Scripture says in Jeremiah 17, 9, that the heart of man is deceitful and desperately wicked. As women, it is easy to cave to our emotions, but we don't have to be ruled by our emotions. 
emotions. We can rule our emotions instead. This can be such a tough one, Angela. The enemy influences us all, and we have got to question the thoughts and emotions that come through our mind. When we go against the flesh and choose to walk after the Spirit, our husbands have a wife who's choosing wisdom, which is another important attribute. I agree. Wisdom is so important, and it's one of the things that matters most in this kind of top 10 things that matter most in a marriage, and especially as wives, and how we're trying to be what God is calling us to be. We're the ones who our husband looks to to bounce ideas off of. I love that that passage you read said, you know, the husband trusts her, and that's critical. You know, that's security and trust is so important in a marriage. You know, women are not supposed to try and control their husbands, and we can, like you said a minute ago, through our words and through the way that we use our words for influence, and we're not supposed to manipulate them, but we're supposed to be a place where they can share their hearts, a safe place, and that they can trust that their wife will seek the heart of God for them and seek to offer wise counsel or just to be an ear. You know, sometimes we can fix something and sometimes we're just supposed to be a listening ear. So true. I think um, I can get the fix-it mode on Mm -hmm. sometimes myself, and I have to remind myself I'm not junior Holy Spirit. Right. (laughs) But it is just being that support and that encourager that is so needed too. And also when we are trustworthy. Our husbands know their hearts are safe with us. We won't talk about them in a negative light, but we'll build them up. This makes me think of Proverbs 14.1, where it says, A wise woman builds her home, but a foolish woman tears it down with her own hands. Speaking of building her home, this wife is also diligent, as it says in verse 27. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. True. And, you know, I just was thinking of myself, my husband and I have really approached not only ministry as equals, but also just even in the home, um, you know, kind of the older models of the wife does all the cleaning and the cooking and the everything. You know, that's, that's not even realistic, but it's also highly outdated. And my husband's Italian and he's an amazing cook. So he actually cooks more than I do in the home. And it doesn't make me idle or lazy. It just means that You know, I know my strengths and I know his. And we also look at our calendar. Like you said a minute ago, sometimes we play a support role and sometimes it's a lead role. So if if your frame is what is best going to serve one another, then that then you're not limited or defined by a particular role. You're defined by an approach to yeah. a marriage. And your role might even shift as things go mm-hmm. on, depending, like you said, your husband went through a season of job loss or if my husband's getting ready for a business meeting or I'm getting ready for an overseas trip. Well, then those things change the way our roles might look. But he's not... He's not um, What's the word I'm looking for? Like It's not a slight to him if he cooks dinner a couple nights, and it's not a slight to me to do something different. So I think it's, it's, an, it's a culture of honor, and it's a culture of respect in a marriage. And if that's there, that is the defining factor, not the role. Well, you're supposed to do this because thus saith who. You know what I mean? It's We're going to compliment each other. We're going to support each other. We're going to respect each other. We're going to honor each other. Um, and we're going to seek to help um, foster the call of God that's on their mm-hmm. life. And that creates a very strong, healthy marriage. Yes, it does. You know, so you're not going to be binge walking, watching uh, Netflix in the corner chocolate <laughs> while he's cooking. No, usually I'm fever- feverishly trying to finish something. I just finished my manuscript this week, my second book, and he has cooked a little bit more than normal lately. But and you know, the end of chapter 31 says that a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. I love that. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So when we walk in the uh, posture of fear of the Lord, then 
then everything is going to fall in line. And when we as wives order our lives around revering God, that affects all that we do. That way we're not ruled, like I was saying a minute ago, by the latest pursuit of beauty or materialism or even a label. We are ruled by our Savior, and that's what makes us so valuable as women. So true. And that is one of my favorite verses. You know, the fear of the Lord is Mm. the beginning of wisdom. I also appreciate that this passage in Proverbs mentions her having a sense of humor. (laughs) She laughs at the days to come. It might be a maniacal laugh at times. I mean, my husband and I sometimes will just sit at night and we're just talking about the different issues we've got to work with, you know, with the children or Mm. other things on the horizon. And we'll often laugh, you know, when we go to God's Word together. But, you know, laughter is such an important part of marriage. I agree. You know, my husband and I don't necessarily have the same sense of humor, but we have learned to find things that we both love, whether it's watching the same things together or a hobby that we do together. We also have things that we do individually. He loves to play softball, and we both work out, but we don't necessarily work out together. I take group classes, but we share common interests, and we also support each other where it's not a common interest. I'm a musician, and he's not. Um, I'm in musical theater and he's not. So you don't have, it doesn't mean you have to do the same things, but you got to be able to approach life with a lighthearted tone at times and find things that you can laugh about, whether it's a, a fun comedy at night or it's a fun YouTube video or, or you just get out and go do something and just enjoy life together. That's really, that's really important. Well, one thing I see in y'all's marriage too, is you both give each other freedom you know, to really be used, you know, by God in such powerful ways, too. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, you. women listening might feel like this is another checklist. But while we have covered 10 things that stood out to us in this passage, and we'll have a download called Top 10 Things for Wives That Matter Most in a Marriage, you know, that you can print off, this list is a reminder of what God can do in and through us, not what we have to do in our own strength. So you might say, okay, so I'm listening to these things and mm, I'm lacking in this area or I'm better in this area. That's where you can pray and ask God for strength or you can go and find a scripture to help you. The final thing I want to mention about this wife is that she truly loves her husband. Mm. She has to love God before she can love her husband well. She demonstrates this love with the attributes we mentioned, but she also shows him love by caring for his soul and being his dearest friend on this earth. And sometimes that might mean saying a tough word. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes it might be, you know, it isn't all just fluffy and, you know, <laughs> unicorns and roses, you know. <laughs> sometimes it means you've got to come alongside because you care so deeply and maybe they're being discouraged and they need a reminder of God's mm-hmm. truth. But she prefers him to herself and cherishes him. I love that, Denise. I was thinking as you were saying that uh, one of the books that was so helpful to Dale and I years ago, and we've encouraged other couples to read it as well as the five love languages because. It can be so frustrating in a marriage if you're trying your best to love the other person well, but maybe you're not speaking the same language, mm-hmm. meaning that the way you're loving them is not the best fit for the way they need to be loved. And that book by Gary Chapman was was pretty revolutionary in that I can love my husband, but unless I really understand how he's wired and I see that I could be giving him X, but what he really wants most is Y and Z 
then I need to shift the way I'm loving him so that I'm not speaking one language and he's hearing another. So, so I would recommend that. It's also worked for well in my relationship with my children. Um, my two children are very different. And so I think he also has maybe love languages of children. There's a, Possibly, several like spinoffs. Yeah. But just as we're loving our spouses, to love them in the way that they need to be loved so that you can minimize frustration. Nothing's mm-hmm. more frustrating mm-hmm. than trying to really love well and feel like you're still missing the mark. So if anyone's feeling point. that way out there, that's a great, that's just a go-to book. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, And next time, Denise and I will share what has worked in our marriages and how we have sought to apply these principles we've talked about today in our own lives. The raw truth is that we as wives are the one who God has called as the primary agent to minister to our husbands. The radical grace is the same God who called us to be a godly wife will equip us and enable us. And the real hope is God is not done with us. He is able to work the character in us that is needed to be a treasured wife. You've been listening to the Black and White Podcast, where we filter life through the Bible and live life in the freedom of truth. 